welcome to Glitching the Code. Hi guys, welcome to Glitching the Code. I'm here with Mark Windows. I don't think we've spoken to each other for about a year now. And what a weird year it's been. The world is, is, is upside down, inside out. It was upside down, inside out anyway, but now even more so, as you know. I wanted to speak to Mark because one of the few people talking about some of these social engineers, some of these agent provocateurs at these stand-up X-type um, rallies and also he's talking about communitarianism which was a nude word to me which I studied stu I um, struggled to say but it's um, it's another term for me that, that kind of looks into how people are putting together it has this one world mentality and your rights don't mean much but the what the global for the greater good type thing cult that I kind of see forming so Mark welcome to the show thank you this one will be exclusive for YouTube and Bootshoot Thank you for taking the time to come see me, mate. I know you're busy. So can you tell the people just a bit about what communitarianism is? Okay, well, communitarianism is basically where individual rights are usurped by the rights of the community. Now, in some ways, that might sound quite a good thing, but what it's actually for is to impose a very totalitarian system, which we can see happening at the moment. We're in it at the very moment and what we're seeing around us is the kind of end game of communitarianism in other words absolute control and hive mind of the public and demonization of anything outside any official narrative now this is called the common good so in other words wearing masks in the street is for the common good well when you look at the evidence it's not but that doesn't matter with this system because the rights of the community use the rights of the individual and it all goes down to this idea which came out of communism actually uh, communitarianism meant in 19 i think 19 1848 sorry in 1848 a fellow called john goodwin barnby coined the phrase communitarianism and at that time it meant ideas of a communistic nature so in other words, it was born out of communism. So communism had a bit of a bad press. So they have this new term, communitarianism, which works in a slightly different way. But the end result is the same. You have a massive compliant population who are basically under the thumb of a ruling elite. It's quite a simple system. It's a technocratic system. And technocracy is the overarching kind of term which came out of the 1930s the technocracy movement technocracy inc is still there you can check it out and the people who are imposing communitarianism are actually technocrats because it all comes out of sustainable development but interestingly in 1901 communitarianism the actual meaning of it was changed to ideas relating to a community so we can see the change. Originally, it was about ideas of communistic nature. Then it became about ideas relating to a community. And John Goodwin Barmby, who coined the phrase in 1848, was actually a communist. So the ideas actually did come out of communism. So communitarianism is a word that people don't know about, but it's the system that they're in problem we have Richard is people don't understand or cannot define the actual system we're in when people talk about the elite the Illuminati etc that's for people who've got a tiny bit of knowledge in other words when people say they want a one world government well three or four percent of the population will know what that means but 97 percent won't but the three percent are wrong as well because there's no such thing as a world government there is global governance which is unstructured which is totally different there aren't there isn't like one centralized world government the whole idea of this system was that it was decentralized but would be imposed in every country every country which took on sustainable development in the early 90s is now a communitarian system because the system of sustainable development which came out of the Rio conference in 1992 and from previous documents such as our common future. For instance, you'll hear that Ted Ross from the World Health Organization, he kept going on about our common future. He kept mm. saying it. Now, these mantras that these people repeat, these communitarian mantras, in other words, no one will be left behind and all this stuff we hear from the UN, these are communitarian phrases they have actually had the meaning stripped out of them. So let's look at sustainable development. Well, that sounds good, doesn't it? 
But sustainable development means whatever they want it to mean. It is a meaningless term. It's been stripped of its meaning. Sustainable development, in effect, under the communitarian system, is population reduction and control under a technocratic system which surveils everything in real time called the Internet of Things. And this is what they've been aiming for. So I hope that kind of made sense there. There's a lot more we can go into on that, but I'm sure we've got time. Yeah, and that's a fantastic kind of roundup. To me, that sounds like sort of the analogy of everybody like you 20 have got to get off the boat and sacrifice your life to keep the boat afloat. Yeah. It's that kind of thing, isn't it? Your lives matter, yeah. but don't matter as much as the whole. Sacrifice your own wants, needs, and um, to keep, and you say sustainable, sustain the floating of the boat by sacrificing your own wants and needs. That sounds to me, is it fair to say that that sounds like a global cult? A cult way of thinking. It is a cult because let's have a look at what's happening. Let's apply the communitarian system to what's happening at the moment. So, several months ago, we were told that masks would not be mandatory in shops and there were exceptions. Now, those rules haven't changed, yet the corporations are now on board and they're going, you can't come in without a mask. So in other words, it doesn't matter if you've got an exemption now, you will be forced to wear a mask. And the mask is merely a sign of compliance with the new system. So the new system that's being rolled out of total compliance relies on a percentage of people who will go along with it. So the mask is there merely as a sign that you are complying with the new system. It has nothing to do with health and global health security ties into sustainable development. So when we talk about sustainable development, communitarianism, the big society, which it came out of in 2010, which was on the back of sustainable development, we're talking about the same thing. And what we're talking about is the limiting of language. So in other words, if you want to control people, you limit the amount of words that they use. So you will get these useful idiot politicians, globalists and lobbyists constantly saying resilient, constantly saying sustainable, constantly saying vibrant and constantly saying diverse. These are communitarian words because they've been stripped of their meaning. For instance, diversity is all about guilt shaming people into an agenda. It has nothing to do with acceptance. It's actually about intolerance. So these terms have been used and weaponized and the public are speaking a language that they don't understand most of the time because they will say, well, what's the matter with you? It's quite easy. All you have to do is put a mask on, missing the main point that the mask is the sign of servitude, compliance and slavery to the new system. And they are being monitored for compliance. So Mm. that's just an example. Yeah. No, exactly. And the other point that the mask has occurred to me is that if if they didn't have this mask and people walk around with masks, you wouldn't know anything was going on anymore. That's absolutely it. It's a sign. So in other words, if you're testing out camera systems and you're testing out facial recognition systems and heat seeking cameras, all the rest of it. Well, the best way to do that is to set them up and then you you need to know how many people are complying with a new system anyway. So you can test the cameras out and you can test them out on people with masks to see if you can recognize them without the mask on. All this stuff is being done. So basically, the people are involved in a mass experiment. They're being experimented on like Mm -hmm. lab rats because COVID-19, as you probably know, means certificate of vaccination ID, which is the outcome. So don't look at the inciting incident, which is meant to be a virus. Look at what the outcome is. The outcome is they're telling you. They're telling you where it's going. You will need a certificate of vaccination ID to travel. And this is where it's getting very disturbing. And we've now got a situation where they've locked the world down on the back of something which has no credibility whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And they are merely testing public compliance. And the communitarian system is, is testing the compliance through mask wearing and through social engineering. There's so much going on and people, as you say, I think it's different for people like us and you have a lot more knowledge than I do of understanding what's going on. You can see it. How do you feel as someone who's looked into this 
for many, many years watching people that you know and love just go along merrily with this, put this mask on, it's just a mask, it's just this and it's just social distancing, without even questioning anything. And it's difficult because they don't have the map for the terrain. It's almost like, they, as you say, they don't have the other language to know that that language is garbled salad, really. Yeah, this is a huge problem. And I've talked to many people over the last year who have fallen out with many people. This is a very defining time. And there was a, a, a phrase uttered by uh, George Bush many years ago when he said, you're either with us or you're with the terrorists. It's basically a way of polarizing things. Now, what's interesting about this is that the times that we're in are very, very serious. It's very serious what's happening. And so all of this stuff about friendships, wanting to keep friendships, to me, is no longer important because if people don't get this, then they're going along with it. If they're going to be vaccinated and they're going to comply completely outwardly and inwardly, then in my view, they've already signed their own death warrant because that's what this is about, because sustainable development is a population reduction program. So to me, the fact that people are falling out and all this, I think it's a good thing because it's creating a line in the sand where you cannot go. Previously, we might have compromised a bit more and said, well, they don't, we don't agree on everything. But now we're in a very serious situation. It is literally a life and death situation now. And anyone who doesn't realize that is going to be in big trouble in the next few months because this is not going away. It's not going away, and look what's happening. It's just about to go in on steroids in the US. And um, it's a sl slightly slower, slower or a different kind of pace here in the UK, but it's about to go on steroids over there. Obviously, Biden gets in, and they don't even have to pretend to not go along with it anymore. Like they had to kind of, I think, slow it down with Trump in a way of kind of have to appear to the that he was fighting against it, although we know clearly that he wasn't. Um, but now it's just about to go on steroids. Um, what worries me is that people are compliant, but not just they don't understand anything as simple as the PCR test and how that works. They don't understand. And you're talking about police as well. They don't understand mRNA vaccines. They haven't done any research into this. I had a lady came around today and we've got a five months old son. She's getting her vaccine. She was one of the midwife nurse. So she's getting her vaccine in a few days. Wouldn't have a clue. And I'm looking at her saying she's a med. And this is what's been done. She's a medical practitioner. I'm a filmmaker and journalist, but she's the one who's in the authority, but she doesn't even know what a PCR test is. How frustrating is that for, for you yourself? Well, the thing is that I've been looking into this for a very long time so I could map the progress of it. I can understand if people haven't got all the coordinates. That's perfectly understandable. What is unforgivable, however is acquiescence to something that they know nothing about mm -hmm. because they are enabling this they are compliant with it and in a way they're also complicit and that's the problem compliant complacent and complicit and those three words are what makes them good communitarians you know they're good communitarianisms communitarianism communitarian words sorry the communitarianisms yes yeah. <laughs> they are and it's that's the cult language isn't it and I, I i'm writing a book about about how it correlates with cults and i do genuinely think there's just reeks of an indoctrination process into a cult and it's only the ones that have looked into this ever that seem to have kind of looking around going hang on a minute i see billions wandering into this cult and it's a little bit like when they got on the trains to go to Auschwitz and they were waving and they thought they were going to happy places and they never came back. And do you get that same feeling? It's like you do realise where you're going with this vaccine, with these things, but you're taking yeah, us with you. Yeah, of course, um, which is why it's very important now to form groups outside of society, stay off social media and plan with people who you can trust. And that's what... A lot of people I know have been doing and that is what this system doesn't want you to do because the whole idea of it is it takes you off the land into the cities into the surveilled zones that's the whole point of it and yeah I think that the whole thing is now rather obvious because the press the communitarian press have played their hand so much and the propaganda is so ridiculous that only very stupid people 
cannot see through this. That's my opinion, because when you look at the comments underneath a lot of these uh, newspapers, especially the live group, which is Reach PLC, who've demonized me in the past. And once you know how this works, it's very, very simple. Um, people who don't want to confront that because they still have their beliefs invested in the system are the good, compliant, complacent and complicit communitarians. They are actually the enemy now. So the idea of this system is to co-opt everyone into it. No one will be left behind. That's what the UN have been doing with the Sustainable Development Goals. That's what we hear all the time through all of these newspapers, like the live group Reach PLC, which is uh, basically featured in every single county in the country. So you've got one in your area. And if you look at the sort of stuff they put out, it's all about getting you in to the controlled narrative. There's no news in those papers. There's no stories in them. There's no news stories. They are propaganda pieces to make you react and act in a certain way. And all they're doing is monitoring and trying to control the population. So I think that, yeah, it's a very serious issue, this way that people deal with it and are able to look at it because there's so many gatekeepers out there, especially in the alternative media. And they're worse in a way than the mainstream media, because even People who are a little bit cynical, who watch mainstream can go, well, I don't believe that. But you've got all of these idiots rushing towards these fake gurus who are telling you, well, I, I'm getting the inside information here and we're going to have this new digital currency and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. These people are actually worse than the mainstream because they're giving false hope to people. And when that collapses, there'll be someone else giving them false hope until it's too late. And this is why... I've stayed away from a lot of other uh, platforms, really, and, and people because they associate with um, with people who are actually misleading the audience, which is something I've never done, which is why we have a smaller audience. But I think it's a good audience because the people who contact me, a lot of them have actually helped me with what I'm dealing with and also they have a very solid understanding of this. The trouble is, of course, you're trying to bring in people who are new to it. Uh, they have to do a bit of homework, though. And I think that's the problem that we've got at the moment, is that people are way behind the curve and we're in the end game. And that is a huge problem. It's a huge problem. And once they get in, as you say, there's so many deviations into different avenues and cul-de-sacs, like the Bitcoin situation you just mentioned there it could be clearer to me that they're going well no bitcoin is decentralized and what are you talking about they've spent thousands of years trying to put the monetary system in they're not going to let you just create your own it doesn't work look what happened to i mean even, there's other things going on with jfk but look when he tried to print his own money and um and um they killed him. they took him out it was one of the things he was trying to do they're not going to let you create a digital currency and then there's the QAnon thing and people do they come into this and they get dragged into that and dragged into that but it's another system and my old my client find my thing is is this something that's been suggested to you and they're telling you this is the way to go and you are willingly having a look or are you being told that is what that is it's always it's another offering by the same system and it's a holding everything place everything is presented as a benefit with this system everything is presented as something that is good for you it's for your good therefore it's for the common good of everybody which takes us back to individual rights being usurped by the rights of the community. And globally, and in any political sense, that's called consensus. Well, there's never been consensus in history. You would never have a consensus. You would have something that was imposed or something that was agreed upon. A consensus is neither of those two things. A consensus is an assumption that's been created on behalf of you as part of a group. So when you hear the word consensus, you can really be sure that you're being manipulated. That is another way of saying the great of good. That's one of saying think a group think. Is that would that be fair to say it's kind of group think? Yeah, and I think you mentioned protests earlier on yeah. in the introduction, which is quite a good time to bring in um, Delphi technique, 
and the consensus kind of agenda which is being implemented at a global and local level so if you go to your local council meeting they will be using Delphi technique which was developed by the Rand Corporation in 1953 the Rand Corporation is still really massive on social engineering and they do lectures on it and they have great influence on government and this is a big part of what I'm talking about as a side issue in that NGOs and large organizations and steering groups are basically the way that unstructured global governance is implemented in your local community. And I have reiterated that a lot over the years, but it's something that's not understood. Because if you understand this globally, then you'll understand it locally. If you understand it locally, you have a pretty good idea not absolute, but pretty good idea of how it's working globally. And then you can just fill in the gaps because we're talking about a very simplistic system. So, in other words, if you want people to respond in a certain way and you've got an agenda, you give them the illusion of choice. Mm -hmm. So you say, OK, we're going to have a general assembly at our protest group and we're going to have a facilitator and a co-facilitator and you can Go to the co-facilitator and you can bring forth any ideas that you have. Now, what then happens is that people get split into groups. Say there's 100 people and this happens at your local council meetings. They will split them into groups of 10, put them on tables with a facilitator on each table. And you will then be guided into the agenda where they want you to go. So they will ask you what you want. But by the end of it, you will get what you've been given. It's a little bit like a salesman coming in, a window salesman thing is with a window salesman you can say actually I don't want it now you can leave but with the Delphi technique being imposed through the, this group consensus you can't because the outcome has been predicted and you're already being steered into it so in other words the window salesman can come in and say do you want the red one or the blue one and you'll go well I want the red one they say well actually the red one is not on special offer and I think we've only gone in, got one in the warehouse. Let me phone my boss up. Oh, it's gone. We've got the blue one and there's 50% off. Right. In other words, that's high pressure sales, right? But that's fairly honest because you can go, no, I'll wait for the red one. But with this system, you can't do that because they've all, it's like your local kind of development. You know, there'll be a massive development in your local area and they'll say we're going to have a consultation there won't be a consultation it's already been planned and it's already going to be delivered you are not involved in the process and this is what the public still don't understand they don't understand that global governance usurps national government our government has got nothing to do with what's going on they're lobbyists they've been bought off apart from that they are there to implement the policies of global governance. I was looking at a report the other day. We featured it in, on our show on Sunday, windowsontheworld.net. We do a show every Sunday, 9.30 p.m. live, and it's always in the archive. We've got lots of videos on this stuff. But the last show was all about a safer future, a paper produced by the World Health Organization in 2007, global public health security in the 21st century. They are describing in 2007 what they did in Wuhan. They are telling you that that is what they're going to do. And anyone who doesn't go along with it is going to be demonized by every other country in a communitarian way. In other words, if we want to come in and plant something and then find it and say you've got a pandemic and you don't go along with it, you are going to be punished by the World Bank. You're going to be punished by the IMF. You're going to be punished by your own leaders because our your leaders are our leaders. And this is what the public don't understand. The only way of usurping this system is to be outside it as much as you can and then usurp it because it's all based on algorithms. It's based on assumptions and it's based on social engineering. Well, what if... you? you don't act like their program says you're going to act. In other words, if you're not an algorithm and you don't go along with it and you manage to cause what they call a disruption, because they have people they put in called disruptors. Mm -hmm. So COVID-19 is a disruptor. It's a disruptor for an agenda. They bring in the pandemic. They then bring in what they want on the back of it. And then they go to the conclusion. And the conclusion 
is very, very near. So I think that's the point with a lot of this stuff, Richard. I don't think there's much point in talking about it in general terms anymore because it's a very serious phase of the operation. And I've been looking at it for a long time. I've been looking at how it works in protests, in local government. It, it doesn't matter whether it's somebody who's going to take over your business or whether it's going to be somebody um, in, involved in, say, cycle lanes and getting a pressure group together and all this stuff. These people are all lobbyists for this agenda. There's one agenda that's moving forward. It may look as though it's multipolar, as though lots of things happening. It's not there's one thing happening and it's going in one direction. So anybody who gets distracted onto issues of who's doing it, is it this group, is it that group, is it, it doesn't matter because we've got one system that's coming in. And that is the trick to understand that and to understand that protest groups are no different. The protest groups that were allowed in this country were allowed for a very good reason. The intelligence services in this country will not allow anybody to protest if they form a group. So why would they allow these groups, which I looked into and found out they weren't exactly what they were meant to be, according to the public image? But I've seen it all before because I know how everything like this is steered. There's a great example of a real grassroots organization in America called peoplesrights.org. And I've interviewed Casey Whalen and Amon Bundy, who were part of this group. And of course, they're demonized as the right wing and all the rest of it and all the crap and all the guilt shaming and all the usual rubbish that is thrown by the communitarian press. But they are a direct threat to this system. And that is what I'm talking about. Protest groups are not a direct threat to anything because they go out and they say, stand up, take your freedoms back. That means you're already a slave. I never gave my freedoms away. You gave your freedoms away and you're telling everyone that's not really very progressive, is it? And that's the point. And then they'll go, well, what are you doing? Well, I've been looking at it for 20 years. But the problem is I've been going around doing talks on it, Richard, for the last three or four years and putting this stuff out for a long time. But guess what? nobody's really interested. People aren't interested in facts. They want a fake solution. They want to feel as though there's someone coming over the horizon to save them. Well, I'm just telling you, there isn't. <laughs> there isn't anybody going to do that. You have to do it yourself. And you have to incorporate your beliefs and your strengths now into what you're doing. Because if you haven't got 100% integrity as to what you believe in now, then you're going to get swept away by this. And maybe we all are. But the point is that I think this can be usurped. I think you should probably get on to some more questions now, Richard. I'm going off on a bit of a rant here. No, no, because this is the important stuff and no one yeah, else is yeah. talking about it. That's why I wanted to talk mm. to you because you're the only person who's talked about these um, these these um, protests and what they were. I mean, it's almost like herding to me. And I do think they have a value in a sense. They make you feel better in the moment, but they don't have any long-term value. Every The next day, everyone's gone home and back to normal, as you say. You're going to these saying, stand up, take your rights back, and you say they've been taken that implies you've already been taken away but you're playing on their field you're going into their football field and you're playing their game and as you the only way to you're trying to do something on a global level that you're not even doing on a single level by going into a crowd of people and i do think they have their their place but they don't really solve anything they don't really doing it doing anything and i think as you say the social engineering is they can twist that anyway you're giving them so much ammunition they can we saw agent provocateurs in there and people dressed up with a woman dressed up as an elderly woman who got pushed off a chair and she was clearly a lot younger than she actually looked and that was ridiculous and there was clearly a lot of that going on and they could have used almost like giving them ammunition to do what they want to do with it instead of the changing things these, on your local yeah. level as you say local mm. level well, the problem is also that the people who tend to put themselves up as the leaders of these things or get put in as leaders are not the sort of people who should be doing it, in my opinion, because they don't have the necessary skills. And that was what happened with those protests. They've been doing them since July or June. I went to the first one. I had a great day out. I met some very interesting people. And those contacts were very important. I saw people I hadn't seen there for a long time. But as for the speakers, waste of time. None of them had anything to say. I think there was a lawyer who was very good. Um, there, was a, there was a couple of people who said a few things, but none of them had any solution or any idea how to deal with what's going on. They were reacting against it, which mm. is built into what the communitarian system is. 
because it's going to be usurped. The point is that that um, revol the revolutionary spirit is taken account of, and the revolutionary spirit is then harnessed and steered, as in all of these groups, as in Occupy. It doesn't matter. We go to Extinction Rebellion. We can look at what happened with uh, this recent debacle. I did a show called COVID Protest Social Engineers and a few follow-ups. And in that, I map out the connections between one of these groups and undercover policing. Is anyone interested? No, they're not interested in at all because it's a cartoon. They're playing the part in being a revolutionary in a cartoon which is not real. It has no relevance to what's going on whatsoever and nobody at any of those events is actually addressing any of the issues that matter. These people who are doing this are quite clever, but they're not that clever. This system that's been set up is not clever at all. It's actually incredibly simple because it has to be simple to be imposed in different countries with different cultures. It can't be complicated. So once you see the template, then that's it. That's why I called one of the shows Template Protest Social Engineers, because the protests are being socially engineered with a template. I saw this in Occupy and out of that came Climate Camp Action. Climate Camp Action were undercover police who stole the money from Occupy. Climate Camp Action are part of a thing called Green and Black Cross who get people's solicitors if they get arrested. Green and Black Cross is based in Hackney, at a sort of revolutionary type meeting place, okay? Uh, Green and Black Cross is an undercover police operation which is linked to climate camp action. If I found this out all 10 years, about 10 years ago, just by going down to Occupy and doing a bit of investigation, then anybody could do it. I didn't do a very sort of deep, in-depth kind of investigation over years. I put everything together and looked at the facts and it took me a matter of a few weeks, really. So... There's nothing complicated going on here, but the public just want to go mindlessly into these things. And it's a day out. Of course, that's fine. Have the day out. But that's not going to achieve anything. That's the entertainment. The protest is the entertainment. The last time a protest changed anything in this country was the poll tax riots. And ever since that, the police have got heavier and heavier and more surveillance, more undercover and more sophisticated in what they're doing. I still don't think the police are that sophisticated in what they're doing, by the way. But the point is that unless you can think strategically, there is absolutely no point in going along with the fake revolutionary spirit because shouting and putting your fist in the air and saying I'm not going to do this is a waste of time because unless you get a mass of people joining in with that then you are wasting your time and the problem we've got in this country Richard is that people are too mollycoddled they've never lived under a tyranny people who've lived under a tyranny can recognize it straight away ask any ex-communist what they think of what's going on in the UK they've seen it all before maybe in a less sophisticated way but they know it. They've seen it. They can smell it. It looks like what it is. It's totalitarianism. And they know that you're not being given a choice. But the point is, what do you do about it? Well, there may be a point coming in the near future where some people may have to actually make it look as though they're complying. So they may make it look as though they're complying on the face of it, but inwardly they're not. And this has happened a lot in the past. And Throwing decoys out on being clever is quite a good idea because this system is not clever. The people implementing it are not clever. I mean, what if you got COVID marshals? These people are just kind of, they're, they're, they're unqualified to do anything. They don't know what they're doing. They're just basically there as kind of security guards. Now, this is what happened with bailiffs in this country. Bailiffs basically became enforcement officers like traffic wardens. Traffic wardens are enforcement officers. But the point is there was a time when all these useful idiots were going to be useful. And it's now because the whole point of this system, it has to usurp everything. And it, unless people understand that the system is there to usurp and integrate everything, then there's no point in pretending 
to protest against it because that's part of what they they're doing that that's part of the soup it's not going to do anything i think that's a sort of summation really yeah of what i think about the protesting but we did many shows on it and a lot of investigation even into this current thing that's happening yeah and i'll be watching your shows and that's why i wanted to talk to you because as you as you say you're one of the few people talking about this other side of it what you mentioned there was really interesting and i've had this thought myself and spoke to a few people about it do you think people are been mollycoddled or beaten down into giving this system and giving these people far more respect than they're giving us so we treat them we don't do things we go oh, we can't do that it's dishonest can't do that to them it's dishonest but they're treating do you know what i mean it's like they're treating the abuser as if you would want to be treated so as you yeah, say well, kind of like you, you can to, yeah. play the game a bit you could be a uh, more moral about it because basically these people are lying hmm. so lies aren't the truth so what we've got now is we have a war between the lies and truth and for instance this is how stupid a lot of people are still about this issue especially people who have been co-opted into the environmental movement, which is not about environmentalism, people who were co-opted into this Extinction Rebellion stuff, which is tyrannical and was all about socially engineering for the collapse of Western civilizations and Western democracies. That's what it's about. Extinction Rebellion was to bring down everybody so that the new technocracy could be brought in and they would agree to it. It's nothing more than that. It's nothing to do with environmentalism. Never was, never has been, never will be. Um, it's all. It was all run by social engineers like Gail Bradbrook, useful idiots. These people have been programmed into a certain way. They're very entitled. They're spoiled. They know nothing and they've had everything paid for. But they are now telling you to stop paying your mortgage if you've got one and basically lose your house. So they, the whole the whole point of these these pr promoted groups is that. So basically, I did a talk a while ago and it was meant to be about strategy. I got invited to a house in the middle of nowhere and I could see that there was a few people who had the climate change agenda being drilled into them. Many didn't. But somebody halfway through someone who shouldn't have been there said, why is it us and them? And I couldn't believe what I was hearing. This person was between 30 and 40 years of age. And I never, ever mentioned us or them. I talked about a system of governance. So when you get these banal statements which come out of people who have been mentored in by environmentalism into the New Age movement, where they're into unity and all the rest of it, there's nothing wrong with that on one level. But it's not on the level that they understand. Because this unified field of consciousness and all the rest of it does exist. I've experienced it. I talk about it a lot. But it's got nothing to do with group consensus or the hive mind or communitarianism. Because those are basically systems which are subvert, subverting reality. They're subverting reality. And that is the thing. People's perceptions of reality have been so warped by this system that they don't know now whether they're lying or telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And that is the problem. You can see that with the COVID action plan, the way it's been played out, because people will repeat things that they've heard on television that they parrot, which are not true, but they don't question that they're not true. They virtue signal these phrases like, well, it's not much trouble to wear a mask, is it? Not understanding that that's not what it's about at all. So if you've got if you're trying to bring forth an argument and you've got no argument, then you're either going to repeat logical fallacies, ad hominems, uh, false arguments and side issues. So if they're talking about side issues, then they're not talking about what it's about, because everything with this system is presented as a benefit. So everything has to be presented as a benefit or people wouldn't go along with it. So how do you get people to agree to be genocided? Well, you present it as a benefit. You don't say we're going to kill you all because you're going to get resistance then, aren't you? You co-opt them into feeling that they have a moral duty to do it. And that is what is really, I suppose you could say, evil about it. Because if we define good and evil, evil is basically coercing people into doing things uh, without their consent and giving them choices which aren't choices and basically forcing them into a position where they have to take an action which is against their own will. So that's what this is about. It's about coercion. Yeah. And it could never be more apparent in the phrase, don't kill grandma. I mean, I couldn't. Ooh. It doesn't get much more low than that, to be honest, for me. No, um, but that's the sort of extreme language that they're using. 
But once you understand this system and its limited terms, its limited ideology, then you can look a bit further and a bit deeper into what's going on, hopefully get some strategies, because it's, it has to be brought down to a simplistic analogy. Everything's brought down to a simplistic analogy. This was talked about from Our Common Future onwards, a document called Our Common Future, which I quote from quite a lot, because it says things like, how are people to be made to comply? Well, the answer lies in law enforcement. They talk about things in these sort of terms, but it's all dressed up in fluffy language. But at the end of the day, you've got, you know, what they're saying is encourage, uh, engage, encourage, and then enforce, right? So we, the engagement was the first stage, then encourage, you know, well, you don't have to wear one if you don't want. Mm. Now it's enforcement because we've had the first two phases. So, no, you you were led into this and now it's time to divide and rule the public. We're going to get all of those idiots wearing masks to attack all you lot that won't wear them. And that's what's happening now. And we're going to have the same with the vaccine. As you just said, engage, encourage and then enforce. We've had the engage... We're having the encourage at the moment with all of these famous pop stars and stuff coming out saying, I've got mine, Fauci rolling up his sleeve and probably getting a saline injection. And then that's the encouragement. And then there comes the enforcement, which will be, as you say, or probably be in the terms of you can't do this, you can't do that without it. And we're already already seeing the passports handed out, the COVID-19 passports handed out, and that's enforcement. Obviously, um, that's where we're at very, very soon, next month or so in the UK, probably. Yeah. Yeah, it's very worrying. And the whole thing is just based on a complete fraud. And I don't know how this part of history is going to be looked back on, because there's never been a time like it. We're in the Third World War. Mm. This is the silent war. This was talked about in a document, wasn't it? Yeah. Silent weapons for quiet wars, because it's all about coercion. In other words, A lot of these systems in the past didn't work very well, especially communism, because it ended up with too many casualties and they needed to rephrase it into something where there'd be a global community. And that's what we're in. We're in this global community and it's enforced in different ways in different parts of the world. But generally, it's coming down the same. And most people they will attack the government and politicians when it's got nothing to do with them. So, yeah, it's it's a very difficult thing to actually get this across if people still believe in the two-party system or whatever system they believe in. They believe that because there's people shouting to each other in the Houses of Parliament, that that's a democracy. It's got nothing to do with what's going on. Absolutely, So. Yeah. A lot of these people are saying, well, write to your MP. What would you want to write your MP for? It's okay if you want to get a few quid off your council tax or you want to get a door repaired on a local community centre. But apart from that, they can't do anything. You can guilt shame them into doing things, but you can't get them to act on anything of any importance. I've brought up issues of major national importance over the years. They never get reported in the alternative media. They never get reported in the mainstream media and MPs are not interested because what I'm talking about is a threat to national security. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to destabilize the country. It means that what I'm saying would destabilize the public's view of the government. And that can't be in the common interest because it's in the common interest and for the common good for the people of this country to believe that those idiots in parliament are ruling them and they vote them in, which of course they don't. Mm. It's nonsense, but it's a distraction for people to believe in. And now we're in the end times of that because it's quite clear that those people have nothing to do with governance. So people need to learn from that and then look at where the power really is. And it's not in the Illuminati. It's not, they don't have to go into all that stuff. All they have to do is look at the World Health Organization, the UN, all of its agencies, Imperial College, people like Neil Ferguson, uh, Chris Whitty. Look where the money comes from. That's just in this country. Then follow the money elsewhere and look at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. It's very, very simple. For instance, there's people 
who comment on BBC threads on things like Facebook. And if you put in that Bill and Melinda Gates fund the BBC, they will put a little laughing face and think it's a conspiracy theory. If you put the links in to the amount of money that Bill and Melinda Gates have given the BBC, yeah. they'll say something like, oh, that's just the World Service. You'll put another link in, Media, uh, media Matters, mm. um, Media Action, isn't it, their thing, yeah. uh, which is basically an infiltration programme. So the BBC have an infiltration programme called Media Action in about 100 countries, along with Unlimited, which is another um, organization which changed which which trains these people in sustainable development so basically that's another issue that people don't know that all of these so-called leaders have been trained in sustainable development as have most of the population so they will think that the genocide of themselves and, and putting themselves in a smart city and giving up all their rights is for the common good and why aren't you doing it and of course they've had 30 years of this program in Richard so they're now on board with it all. I mean, even relatives that I know have said, well, we all have to do our bit. We're all in it together. Yeah. And it's like horrifying because yeah. they don't know what they're talking about or what they actually mean. <laughs> you know? No, we're all in it yeah, together. I mean, all you've got to do is the links back there. I mean, you, you spoke about eugenics as a population control thing. You've got Bill Gates connected to Planned Parenthood. You've got IBM who funded the Nazi war tech, funding Microsoft into existence. There's quite a bit of a eugenics connection there as well. George Soros as well is another one that we haven't even talked about. These connections to eugenics and population control are fundamental for what's going on. Jim Mars called them the Fourth Reich. Um, but it's fundamental, these same things. It's eugenics, there's too many people on the planet, there's not enough to go around, but it's not our fault because we're greedy. It's your fault because you, you're you just weighing the planet down with too many people. It's it's climate change is our fault, not their fault, because they're putting all the money into all the stuff that's possibly causing it, although human-caused climate change I don't really believe in at all. Yeah, the ozone layer was open in the early 90s. I thought I was going to get burnt by acid rain. That never happened. CFCs, it's, that was another one. CFCs, exactly. And it's just same shit regurgitated, the same people. And as you say... Where does an idiot, a useful idiot, say a Boris Johnson who's a Zionist or Keir Starmer, a Zionist, or, Boris, or Trump who's a Jesuit or Biden who's a Jesuit, I mean, you could do the maths there that they're all from the same pot. The fact is, where do these useful idiots blend into the people that actually do, I'm assuming most of them know what's going on, but really do control these people? Because people are going to ask, you, ask and say, well, if I don't vote for him, vote for him, who's controlling these guys? They don't. You don't even to go into the Illuminati and the Great White Brotherhood and all of these Jesuits. There is a level there. Is is it big corporations? Is it uh, banking families? There's something there. There's a level where the the scene goes into the unseen. Yeah, I mean, if you go back to Rio in '92, you can look at a great video. George Hunt, the elite plan ahead, unsaid. United Nations Conference on Environmental and Development. The person who basically invented climate change was a billionaire called Maurice Strong who used the idea of environmentalism which was brought forward at the time by people like David Suzuki, Stephen Schneider and Dave Foreman of Earth First. If you look at what these people were saying they were asking for a reduced population. They were asking for us to start using less resources. So people like Maurice Strong went to the United Nations and he said, I will be in charge of the environment and development. And so they let him do it. And he he made his money in the oil industry. So you then go to somebody who's a sort of environmentalist or one of these idiots from Extinction Rebellion, and you say, well, the environmentalism came out of the oil industry. And they will laugh in your face and say the opposite because they don't know anything about it so once you look at how these people steered it because um edmund rothschild was there i think stephen rockefeller you had these group of people who were part of the steering groups as well like the club of rome the club of rome for instance brought out our first global revolution previously they had an mit computer program in the 70s called limits to growth so they were already looking at this idea that there was too many people using too many resources. So what they decided was that because there was too many people, there weren't enough resources. So what were they going to do? They'd have to have to limit resources or get rid of people. 
Well, actually, they decided to do both. So when you think about it as a business plan, I think we talked about this in our last interview, which seems a long time ago now. Mm. And it, I think you called it a business plan for the world, yeah. which is what this is. It's a business plan. But it's a very totalitarian one, and it only benefits a small amount of people. But the thing is that it doesn't, I think you have to set, separate the political system from the actual plan, because the political system goes along with the plan. It runs alongside it because it's been infiltrated to do so. And when you go back and look at what happened at Rio in 92, the Earth Summit there, that was a defining moment because that was when these people decided on that course of action and they decided that it would go into local governance all over the world in a particular way. So then they came out with this document called Our Common Future, which had been prepared in 1987, but which then got kind of implemented. And that's the blueprint, really, for communitarianism, the way your local council runs. Everyone in your local council speaks this language. If they don't speak that language, they're not important there. For instance, the one in Waltham Forest, the change agent there, Clyde Lokes. I was lobbying against him for years. I was telling people that it's all about sustainable development, which is about the reduction of your rights, getting rid of cars. They tr they say they empower cyclists. No, they get cyclists to attack the motorists, a bit like the mask wearers versus the non-mask wearers, mm -hmm. and then they become the consensus. So in other words, well, the cyclists are the worthy people, the motorists are the bad people. It's very simple. If you want to get rid of something, you just demonize it. Yeah. And that So anything that's getting demonized in this system is probably okay. And that is so true now more true than it's ever been i think as i said earlier on i think it's been polarized to the point where it has to be now completely obvious i can't see that they can make it any more obvious what's happening no it can't be and i feel that that's why i think there's a it's the cult analogy the cult brainwashing term the indoctrination has to be true because this to me is so obvious unless you've been completely brainwashed completely mind controlled to a degree where you either can't see it or you more than likely in most people's cases don't want to see it because it's too horrific to see and that's clearly to me just a couple more questions mark because i know you're busy um do you see is this what brave new world was about this this ending this divide at the end are we going to end up living in the savage lands people like being yourself well what i would say is that because the british came from this country i'm not talking about people of britain I'm talking about an elite social engineering group called the British. They started all this. And in my view, Britain has to come down first. I'm trying to bring America down, of course, because that's a plantation of the city of London, all the rest of it. We can get esoteric, but there's no point at this period in time. Britain will be brought down. The sustainable development plans were that the Western democracies would fall. The Western democracies are going to fall under this system. Therefore, the East is going to be able to rise. So countries in the East are going to be safer in some ways, certain countries, because they haven't got the infrastructure in for the smart cities yet. But don't be too fooled by that. You do have to have a look. You have to find places that um, are still basically a little bit primitive and those places are going to be left off the radar a little bit for a while but it's a global action plan mm. what i would say is that some countries aren't going to take to this like we are britain is one of the most compliant countries in the world as is canada the actual social social engineering of this country is pretty complete people have no kind of reference to where the power is they kick off in the wrong direction and they're going to be stamped on there is no strategy going on and i think that what could happen in the uk to be more positive to give a bit of a positive kind of um end to it all is that 
there are people up and down the country organising small groups who are becoming self-sufficient. Now, this system cannot control everybody straight away. What they are depending on massively is for the public to police each other. Yeah. If the public do not police each other, this system cannot work. There's not enough of them. You've seen that with the lockdowns. They're not going to close the roads off. They're not going to have roadblocks. But when I was in central London the other day, they're pretty close. Right. Central London's like a ghost town. In fact, it's very disturbing to see that. I've never seen it like that ever. I lived in London for 35 years, never seen anything like what's gone on. It's very, very creepy. But I do think that if people form small groups and become self-sufficient and rely on the few people that they trust, things can be built, which is what they're trying to do in America. Uh, organizations such as people's rights they're more vocal about it because they're going to the town halls and they're having their say and they are getting demonized all over the place but what this system is terrified of is being found out because if people find out that all of this pandemic nonsense is nothing to do with a pandemic and then they start looking at what it is to do with then that might be a very good start but I don't see that happening in the mass of the population, but I do see it happening in small groups. And those small groups have to be, let's use their term, resilient <laughs> and actually be able to stay off the radar when they need to and be on the radar when they need to. So in other words, it's there's a problem here because most people in this country do everything on social media. They tell everyone about everything they're thinking and doing, which is the opposite of what they should be doing at this moment in time. Because the communitarian system relies on total surveillance. So, yeah, I think you'd have you have to choose your friends wisely at the moment. Yeah. And if you're going to stay in this country, then try and work out ways to be self-sufficient. I know a lot of people who are doing it, but, you know, we're quite late in the game now. So people have to act quickly. But that's what I would say in conclusion, that. You have to act privately and not let people know what you're doing publicly. And that is incredibly difficult because people have been brought up with social media and narcissism and they want to tell everyone what they're doing and what they're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the opposite of what they should be doing at the moment, in my view. I think it's a great idea and maybe it's the one one benefit of people getting chucked off the internet and chucked off all these social media things is that actually it's a benefit. I've just been deleted off Twitter a week ago, which is great I, don't, I mean, Facebook, I came off a long time ago, so I'm only on, a parlour's gone down, so I'm only on Minds, I think, and no one looks at it that, so I think you're right, I think it's, it's doing the actual opposite of what you want to do, and what you've been trained to yeah. do, and reversing it, and going, okay, this is, I have to take care of my own now. Um, Mark, it's been, it's been great, I could talk to you forever, I know you're busy, and I know you're tired, where can people find your work, and I'll send them across on the links, mate. Yeah, it's windowsontheworld.net. We do a new show every Sunday, 9.30 p.m. UK time. Often do a live stream on a Friday or Saturday. Check the website. We've got lots of information on there. All of the information to the shows, including the shows we do in America for Republic Broadcasting Network. I'm having a bit of time off that at the moment. And our feature film, The Heretics of London, The Smithfield Martyrs, which has got slightly held up due to COVID, will be out soon. And you can help us on Patreon and you can look at the website and the massive archive, including the previous interview I've done with Richard. Well, thank Mark. Thank you for your time, guys. Go and check over, check Mark's work out at Windows on the World, and I will put the links below. Thank you for your time, mate, and thank you for also speaking about about some of the things that a lot of people aren't speaking out about in regards to the protests and what we can actually do and solution-based stuff, which I listen to your stuff because you come up with solutions to what's happening, and I think even myself gets bogged down in talking about the, the conspiracies of it all without actually going, how are we going to do anything about this? Because... I've got a five-month-year-old boy and I don't want him growing up in this where we're heading and it that alone is quite disturbing. A woman came to see him today with a mask on and I find that absolutely disturbing that anyone should be wearing a mask around a child to grow up in that environment. That alone frightens me. Well, it frightens me, annoys me, makes me angry. doesn't frighten me. Um, thank you, guys. Go head over to glitchintheco.co.uk. Please share this off of BitChute and YouTube and iTunes and Spotify and I will speak to you soon. Take care. Thanks, Richard.
welcome to Glitch in the Code.